Elisha said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek until you have destroyed them. Say strike and destroy. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Stop right there. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now, you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elisha died and they buried him. Epic chapter 19. When faith looks stupid. When faith looks stupid. Look at your name and say, sometimes faith makes you look stupid. Father, I don't have to ask you for anything because you're doing everything. So thank you for everything in an anything situation. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> when faith looks I heard the Lord God say to you this day, there is a change coming. There's a change coming. There's a change coming in your life. A change coming. You've been hurt. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. And you are good at holding and masking your wounds. But God says, I'm healing up the wound. I'm mending the broken, broken places in your heart. And I'm sending you for what I've placed into you, into the marketplace of music. Ah, under the guise of trap jail. Being healed by what's out of the music. For my spirit will flow through you and out of you. That's why you've been feeling despondent. That's why you've been feeling left out and hurt. Uh-huh. God said that he would not let you leave this place because you need this place. Because he is retuning your belly for water to flow out. So I, the Lord thy God, speak unto thee this day and say, it's my son, I have not left you. My son, I have not abandoned you, for I shall show myself strong in you. And there shall be a spiritual awakening and an earth-shaking earthquake in your life that I shall bring by the power of my spirit. 
And you will open your mouth to cuss and I will use it to prophesy. Uh, the Lord thy God say, I shall stand strong in you. And every good thing that I have planned for you, I shall lead you to that place where the good thing resides. And you shall eat of the good of the land. And no more shall your name be blackballed. Because I'm going to open doors that even the door openers can't open. But hold on to me, saith the Lord. Do not let me go when they don't understand. You weren't supposed to fit in. I never designed you for that. So the uncomfortability that you feel right now is you wearing clothes too small for you. Because what I have for you is greater than what you've dressed yourself in. So lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting door. And soon as your head is lifted, the gate shall swing open, and the king will come in. Who is this king? The Lord mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. No more living from pillar to post. Because I've designed you to be a pillar for the young ones that will come up under you. There are some youngers watching you. And God says I have to stabilize you so they will have something to lift themselves with. The word of the Lord for you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. 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 Haven't you trusted me before? Haven't you trusted me before? Have I let you down? I hear the Lord answering his own question. He says, no. I have not let you down then and I will not let you down now. Wow. Don't be scared of the water. Step on it. Step on it. Not in it. Step on it. It shall hold you up because you have served many. Some without appreciation, some without compensation, some you were just led to do. And God says reward is coming briskly. Briskly. Reward is coming briskly. It's working out. 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 I'm feeding your spirit. It's working out. 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 And as I turn to walk back away from you, I'm the only one allowed to talk in the present tense. From this day forward, you have to talk in the past. It's worked out. It's worked out. It's worked out. In Jesus' name. 
Can y'all add two more minutes onto that 15 minutes that I had? I'm trying to get you out here before 12 o'clock. God means what he says. When he talks to me in King James, he means what he says. Go and let the tears flow. It's all right. You, you among family here. It's all right.
God says, you are not a mistake, Chris. You were ordained to be here. God put them together to make you. Oh, God, thank you. People of God walk in forgiveness. This day, this day, hear the voice and the words of the Lord. It is imperative that you forgive. Oh, God. Now, the response to the word of the Lord is not a hand clap, not a hallelujah. We've done all of that. It is obedience. You have heard the word of the Lord. It wasn't just for Chris. If there's any unforgiveness in your heart against anybody, the worst kind of unforgiveness to give up is the justified unforgiveness. It's the one where you were right and they were wrong and your pride won't let you let it go. But the word of the Lord for you right now is to let it go. Sure. You could do it in your seat and nobody will be the wiser. Nobody will know it's you. Fine, you can keep your privacy. But if you want to kill that pride, bring it to the altar. I'm not going to lay no hands on you. I'm not going to do any of that. I want you to bring it to the altar and just lay it here and you can go back to your seat. I don't care what it is. They could be dead and gone. Whatever it is, lay it on the altar and you can go back to your seat. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Forgive. Could you all move the table to the side and let them so they can have altar space? I know you were right I know it was dastardly it was hurtful it was damnable what you went through what they did to you or what they're doing to you but let it go so God has the right of way in your life let it go let it go don't let pride keep you from the benefits that God has for you. Let it go. It's not making you better to hold on to it. It's making you bitter. And he wants to make you bitter better. Let it go. So they wasn't there in your life. So they didn't make graduation. So they didn't see you off to the prom. So they touched you inappropriately. So they dogged you out. So they said all kinds of stuff about you. Cost you a whole lot. So what? Forgive them. Let it go. Let it go. 
and allow the son to free you. For the last time I read the word, the Bible says that he whom the son sets free is free indeed. So now God, every bit of unforgiveness that was left here at the altar, I ask that you burn it up with your fire. Burn it up. Ash it out. So that we won't come back up here and try to get it again. God, if there's anybody that took any bit of it with them back to their seat, let it catch fire while they're sitting there. Burn it up. So that your believers can walk away free. Burn it up. Burn it to the point that the remembrance of it doesn't hurt anymore. Burn it up to the point that we see the benefit of it instead of the tragedy of it. God, I thank you for what happened to me because it's made me who I am today. And it calls me to learn the importance of depending on you when I couldn't depend on them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is just interrupting which is just his to do because this is his house so it ain't an interruption and this is his place and I'm just following along hallelujah 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 when faith seems stupid can I have two more minutes all right faith is a word that is often used in church is always used in church as a matter of fact, the last time that we had an opportunity to talk together, I told you that it only takes a little bit of faith to change the dynamics of your atmosphere and the dynamics of your destiny. As a matter of fact, in almost every religion, they use the phenomena of faith or belief in some type of way. Even atheists believe in not believing. Everybody uses faith. The Bible says that without it, that no man shall see the Lord. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Everything that's obtained, learned, experienced uh, in this Christian walk is done so through and by faith. It's important to God that is so important to God that he expects us to govern our lives more on what we believe than what we can actually see. It's important to God. It's important to God. Matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. But I must admit to you in our discussion today that faith is oxymoronic in nature. Faith is. It's, it's, it's different. It's a different kind of animal. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Faith is a spiritual action that often goes against our obvious realities. Faith blocks your sight. 
in order to give you vision. I don't know. I know that may sound spiritual to you. To me, it sounds stupid. Faith blocks your sight in order to give you vision. It expects you to see possibilities in the very midst of improbabilities. It's the idea that something intangible that can be tangibly proven. Something that I can't feel or see that I can feel and see. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Substance and evidence are tangible. But faith and hope are intangible. So now faith is intangible tangibilities. Now faith. The faith that I got now, even if it's just a little bit, is a tangible intangibility. Oh, uh, 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 don't that sound stupid to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ability to believe in what I cannot see provides me with the ticket to receive what I should not have. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that again. In fact, uh, uh, if you back there, if you can put that up for me, I want them to say that. I want them to read it themselves if you got it. You locked up back there? You good? Yeah, yeah. You ready? Set. Read. I'm not supposed to, but by faith I am. I'm not supposed to be healed, mother, but by faith I am. I'm not supposed to be delivered because I have dug myself so deep that can't nobody get me out. But by faith, I am. I, 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 I am so broke that I got to borrow to be broke. But by faith, I'm out of debt. By faith, my children are coming out of darkness. Uh, for, for Pentecostal people, into the marvelous light. I got to add that part for my, for my Pentecostal people. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, supernat the supernaturality of my faith seems like an effort in stupidity based on my reality. Uh, 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 Y'all, let's just be real. Let's just be real. Uh, 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 my faith is, is something that I hold on to when I ain't got nothing to hold on to. But my reality says that I have nothing. But I'm still holding on to something invisible, looking for a visible manifestation. Uh, 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 uh. To the atheist, faith is a joke. 
To the intellectual, faith is foolish. But my faith is essential to those who are spiritual. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's essential. Because the truth of the matter is, even though you can't see it, uh, if it wasn't for my faith, that building would have been blown up. If it wasn't for, my faith kept me out of jail. And for those who have been incarcerated, my faith kept me while I was in there. My faith kept the bullets in my gun. My faith kept me from cussing you out. My faith kept me when the doctor said they couldn't do nothing else for me. When they couldn't figure out what it was, my faith told me what it wasn't. Ah, uh, I don't know. Y'all ain't been there. Y'all too young. But some of my seniors can tell you when the doctor say, I don't know what this is. Um, God, the Holy Spirit will say, but it ain't unto death. Uh, it may be on you, but I ain't going to let it kill you. It, it may be on you, but I ain't going to let it stop you. It, it may be on you, but I ain't going to let it hinder you. You're you going to do that and then some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, your faith made you stronger because you had more weight to carry. And as you carry the weight, you get stronger under the weight. It's because your faith provides tangible intangibilities. In our text, the prophet Elijah is about to die. And the king comes to him worried about how he's going to defeat the opposing forces that are up against him. Obviously, I, I, I did some research in the text, El Pam, and, 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 and I don't know if this is a believing king. Because this is during the time when the, the, the kingdom is divided into the, uh, Judah and Israel. And both had good kings and both had evil kings. And I don't know which one it was. It doesn't give a history of this king. It doesn't say that this king was sanctified and was a believer and was blood washed and blood bought. It doesn't say anything. It just says he's getting ready to go into a battle that he knows he cannot win. Obviously, though, he has some type of faith in the words and the works of Elisha. Uh, Philip, I got a problem here. And uh, those of you theologians who may be watching me online, get your books out and then email me and let me know where I fell off or where I go wrong. Because I need to understand something that I don't understand. Now, 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 this king needs advice about how to live. But it goes to a man that's finna die. Now, I don't know about y'all. Y'all more spiritual than I am. But to me, that sounds stupid. How am I going to get living advice from a dying man? Evidently, as powerful as Elisha is, he is failing at living. He's dying. And I'm going to him for some advice, baby girl, on how to live. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, 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 yeah, I know y'all being spiritual out there, and y'all know well, that's Elisha and all that. No, 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 y'all, y'all stop telling them lies. Because when I looked at it, I looked at it like this. People naturally follow those who are successful. People naturally gravitate to those who are producing results. If I need faith for money, then I'm going to go get advice from a millionaire. If I need faith for healing, then I'm going to go to the healthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can look at our situation. Uh, uh, many people think that if your church is huge, if you got a big building, then you're successful. And they will flock to you based on the size of your building. Because they believe that if you got a building this big, you must have something to say. And so they will walk by the storefront where the man and woman of God is preaching truth and preaching deliverance and, and preaching breakthrough as if they have nothing to say because they don't have the size. Uh, uh, can, I, can I share something with you I, I, I know y'all know of the great and wonderful T.D. Jakes but T.D. Jakes was preaching woman thou art loose to 50 people in West Virginia before he moved to Dallas and became the T.D. Jakes you know he used to say I would go to conferences and preach to thousands and then go home and preach to my little 50 people he had the word in his mouth. Oh, y'all looking how y'all looking at me. Faith is not always found in victory. Faith is often found its most found is often its most potent in failure. I'm gonna say that again. Faith is not always found in victory. It is often its most potent in failure. Y'all, okay, let me see if I can preach this way you can reach it. Um, uh, 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 it don't take faith for money when you got it. When you got enough money to throw it at it, I, I, I know my former pastor and my friend would always say, uh, if you got 100 problems, money will fix 80% of them. You throw some money at it, it'll take care of it. For me now, this is just me, this ain't you. It takes more faith to live broke. Uh, yeah, it takes more faith to live without. It takes more faith to struggle. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when your money ran out on the 15th and you still got 15 more days to go, it takes faith for them at least them 15 days. Oh, yeah, yeah, you walk up in here and you want to be faithful in your giving and you want to be faithful in your tithing and you want to be faithful in your sacrifice and you sitting there with it in your hand and you thinking about all the stuff that you got to go on next week. It takes faith to put that money in the pan. Oh, I, I done made it. I gave my tithes. I, I gave my offering. And I gave Pastor $2 in his love offering. But, 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 nah, 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 nah. I still, I still, still owe about $250 on my, my sacrificial offering. And I, I, they ain't gonna know no difference. I, I'll just leave it alone. And God is challenging some of you right now while I'm talking to go ahead and finish what you started. Uh, I hear the Bible saying it's better to vow and it's better not to vow than to vow and not pay. I don't care if you got to put 20 on it. I don't care if you got to put 50 on it. I don't care if you got to piecemeal it till you piece it out. Finish what? Look at your neighbor and say, finish what you started. 
But it's not easy. You got to have faith. You got to be able to trust God that if I give this little lunch money away, I'm going to eat all week. My bills going to still get paid. The way is still going to get made. The door is still going to open. If I sacrifice, if I give, this ain't in my notes, it's just in the room. If I sacrifice, if I give, I'm going to trust God. I, I, I got faith in failure. Y'all, I had my biggest faith is when my life's out. When my water off. And I got to go borrow some water. Oh, y'all don't. You see, look at y'all. I got boozy people. I'm sorry. I'm talking to the baby. Three people in here who's had neighbors that you had to call your neighbor and say, can I borrow some water from you? Can I fill my water jugs up? I know. I know. Y'all bougie now. Y'all water get cut off. You go to the store and buy. If you can go to the store and buy water, you should have put that water on, money on your water bill. There are, some, there are some of you under the sound of my voice right now who has failed. You got an A in failure. You've fallen. But faith teaches us that tomorrow is coming. I know you failed today. I know you messed up today. I know your decision wasn't the right decision. I know some of y'all are still hurting from yesterday's stuff. But tomorrow, look at somebody, encourage them, and tell them tomorrow is coming. You've got another opportunity to overcome. Ah, they used to say, they used to say in my old church, you know, people who had a little sin in their life, don't let them shout, sit them down. Don't let them run, sit them down. Hush them up. Their life ain't clean. Their life ain't right. Sit them down. I don't believe that. Shout. Jump all you want to, because while you jumping, God is shaking some of that mess out you. Because if you can get in God's presence, God will eradicate some of that stuff that you brought. Uh, I got enough. I don't know who I'm talking to, but don't, don't let nobody hinder your praise, because God is giving you another opportunity to overcome. I know you didn't work it out too well this time, but, but you got another opportunity. You got another chance. Lift your hands, open your mouth, and give God a praise, even no matter where you are, no matter if you're perfect or you're not. Give him a praise, no matter where you did it right or you messed it up. Give God a praise wherever you are. Five minutes, five minutes. So, 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 sit down, sit down. So, Elisha gives a desperate king some stupid instructions for supernatural victory. I'm gonna give it to you, and I'm and I'm be done. Number one, first stupid instruction: put your hand on the bow. Faith will require you to grip what you want God to touch. Faith will require you to grip what you want God to touch. What does that mean? You got to learn how to pinpoint what you believe in God for and make efforts in that direction. And God will add his power to your efforts. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Many of y'all asking God for stuff that you ain't willing to get up and get yourself. 
God is not your servant. The Holy Spirit comes along to help you, but does not come along to serve you. God, I'm believing that I will be delivered from smoking, whatever you smoke. You got to make efforts to stop smoking. You're going to have to pass by the weed man. You're going to have to lead the black and miles, the grape swishers, and all of them alone. Uh, if you want to be delivered, you got to make up. If I, God, I got a sex spirit. And I like it. Look how y'all looking at me. Because I said I like it. I said it because you, you think it. I, I don't want to give it up. I, I practice. I take vitamins so that my joints will be oily. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> but if I want to be delivered from promiscuity, I got to stop answering certain phone calls. Believing God, pinpointing, and then making the effort. Let me show you how what happens here. What's happened? Uh, uh, when, if you read the text, when he instructs the, 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 the man to pick up the bow. He helps him. Now, now, remember now, Elisha is in the bed, dying. Second thing, stupid thing he tells him. He says, shoot out the arrow. Shoot the arrow out of the window. Faith will require you to shoot out of an open window. The reason that we go through all of the calisthenics of lift your hands, open your mouth, give God praise, honor him, turn to your neighbor, walk it out, go encourage somebody, praise God for your neighbor. The reason that we go through that, come to the altar, pray, give it to God. The reason that we go through that is because some of y'all can't hear, get the answer to what you believe in God by faith because you shooting out of a closed window. Prayer and worship keeps your windows open. That's why people will come to God's house and you got to hold a gun to their head just to get them to smile. And they normally leave with that same stupid look on their face that they brought in because they trying to shoot through a closed window. You have to learn how to open your, God's power is still in the room. But how dare you come into God's presence and not utilize, tap in. Let him touch you and you touch him. And then leave out of the door and before the hour is over, complain about the situation that your life is in. The answer was in his presence. So now we, we, we refuse to participate. And then we go out and all week long we're wondering why we don't see any change. Why we don't see any breakthrough. That's because you're shooting through a closed window. 
It's through prayer and supplication that we are to make our requests known unto God. First stupid thing, grab your bow and arrow. Second stupid thing, shoot out of the window. Third stupid thing, faith will require you to see stupid moments. Show you. Verse 18, then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. What? Strike the ground. With the, thank you, with the arrows that you got left. First of all, this ain't the use for arrows. Arrows are for warfare. Arrows. I get, even though shooting it out the window is stupid, it still make use of the purpose of the arrow. Because I'm shooting it with a bow. I have come to you, dying man. Because I need to know a military strategy of how to save my life. I need all the arrows I can get. Striking the ground dirties my arrows. But Miss Nancy, it depends on what I'm striking it on. If I strike my arrow in dirt, it makes the, the arrow tip dull. But if I strike it on a rock, it sharpens the instrument of my warfare. Hmm. Hmm. Stupid, but makes sense. So he said, I, I'll try it. I think it's dumb, but I'll do it. Just keep your mouth shut. see Elisha laying on his bed and he looks up with the side eye <laughs> fool why you you, you, know, you know when somebody do something dumb and you look off at your imaginary friend to figure out what's wrong with them Y'all ain't never done that. <laughs> you. You tripping. You. I tell you to strike the ground. And you hit it three times. You at least could have, should have struck it five or at least double. Because just a little extra effort, you would have totally obliterated your enemy. Now, you're only going to defeat them three times. And if you read the rest of the text, it says, and they now will become an issue for you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Aren't we as Americans having problems with Syria right now? Right now. Right now. We're trying to figure out what to do about the Syrians. 
What would have happened if the king had to strike the ground like God told him to? Have you stopped striking the ground because the act seems stupid? Have you put roadblocks and limits on your belief system because it looks crazy to your friends? Have you allowed your naysayers to talk you out of your miracles? Because they don't understand. God will take the foolish things to confound the wise. He uses what seems ignorant to be the main ingredient to your victory. God will make you look like a fool in order to show his power in you. Noah looked like a fool when he said it was going to rain in the desert in a drought. Moses looked like a fool when he goes to a big body of water called the Red Sea and say, all I got is my stick. Abraham looked like a fool when God said, leave where you are, separate yourself from all that you got, and go to a land that I ain't going to tell you about. You just go, and when you get there, I'll show you. You look stupid. God would use the stupid to ignite the supernatural. When I praise God in faith, he gives me the opportunity to touch eternity. Say that again. When I praise God in faith, he gives me the opportunity to touch eternity. And when eternity is touched, miracles happen. And so I came and spent my 25 minutes to tell you it's time to get stupid. It's time to start believing God for stuff that nobody else will believe with you for. To the super spiritual in the room, it's time for you to stretch your faith beyond your spirituality. Because some of us think we have arrived and we don't have to have our faith stretched. But God wants you to stretch your faith to receive the supernatural. So, as I prepare you for the exam, Elisha told the king, get a grip of where you are. Know that he's willing and able to help you. Because when he tells him to shoot out the window, the Bible says that Elisha raised up and put his hand on the king's hand. Number three, make sure that your window is open. And number four, strike the ground with what you have left. It seems stupid. I'm ready. It seems stupid to praise God. For Praise God visibly for something that is invisible. It is ridiculous to praise God publicly for something that is not yet part of your reality. But it's time to get stupid. It's stupid, but I'm healed. It's stupid, 
but I'm delivered. It's stupid, but my progress has defeated my prognosis. Stupid, but I'm whole in a half society. It's stupid, but I got means when I ain't got money. It's stupid that I always have a way made in the middle of nowhere. It's stupid that the door was just shut in my face, but God reconstitutes my body and let me squeeze through a little crack. It's stupid that it's hot as hell in here, but a breeze will flow from somewhere. Oh, don't look at me like that because sometimes it gets hot in your life. But you'll be cool in a heated situation. It's stupid, but I understand that God will work a wonder in my life. And so I challenge you today that the level of your praise will determine the length of your victory. Because your praise dictates that I believe God for the stuff that I cannot see. And I believe God for the stuff that I cannot touch, knowing that he knows how to make a way out of no way. Now, I know that you're knowing that I'm tuning up, that it's going to take me a long time to do so. But it ain't going to take me long at all. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, your praise is a faith example of what God is able to do with nothing. Find somebody else and grab them by the hand and tell your neighbor, say neighbor, say neighbor. When you praise God, this time it's a faith praise. You got to praise God for something that you don't have yet. You're gonna have to praise God for something you don't see yet. You're gonna have to praise God for something you're not walking in yet. That's a faith praise. But I came to tell your neighbor, if you praise, if you praise God by faith, he will manifest the impossible in your life and as a matter of fact the longer you praise him the mightier your blessing will be hey i'm on my way out of here i'm on my way go now turn to one more person this is the last time I'm going to tell you to touch your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, wait a minute. Some of y'all ain't grab nobody else. Find somebody else. Grab them by the hand. Squeeze that hand like you're going to squeeze it off. Shake your neighbor's hand like you got power in it. Shake your neighbor's hand. 
like you got faith in what you're about to say. Shake your neighbor's hand like you mean what's about to come out of your mouth and prophesy to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Oh, that ain't good. You got to put your tuning voice on. Say, neighbor. Yes, that's too low for some of y'all. Say, neighbor. Oh, that's getting a little better. But I got to do it for my God, baby. Say, neighbor. I came to tell you that your faith praise needs to be to the point that you expect your victory to be. Yes, in other words, praise him to the level of your miracle. Yeah, yeah, feel like a good place to holler. Yeah, praise him to the level of your breakthrough.